talk dirty to me. The Quick and the Dirty with Hillary and Sandra. You're kidding me. Here are things that I have put in my mouth. Oh, oh my God, Hillary. <laughs> it's what everyone is talking about. Get jazzy on I'm Hillary from London. And I'm Sandra from Ottawa. And welcome to the Quick and the Dirty podcast. Because life is so much better when you can laugh about it. We get real on this podcast (laughs) talking about everything that happens in life, all our failures. And sometimes we even have guests that are living good lives. Yeah, but this week we couldn't find one. (laughs) (laughs) We were too busy failing. Uh, Sandra, I want to kick off this week's quick or, well, we're just doing the whole podcast as a quick with, um, I, I have learned a lesson. And what is that lesson? Don't pre-vacation before your vacation because you will pay for it. Uh, (laughs) So you got ahead of yourself is what you're saying. Oh, yeah. So yesterday was a beautiful day here in London, and I'm off tomorrow. So I thought, oh, there's nothing wrong with having a couple of glasses of wine, sitting by the pool all day. So I had some friends over. Uh, We had some sangria followed by some mojitos and then those friends went home and I was like oh well now I'm bored so I invited another crew of friends over (laughs) and they also brought wine between my company I think we polished off five maybe six bottles are you and I was the only constant (laughs) so you were full-on day drunk oh so well I was day into evening drunk And then I fell asleep on a lawn chair face down. I now know what it's like to have a mesh imprint in your face. There was a (laughs) a puddle of drool under my lawn chair. (laughs) Oh, my God. And I Um, burnt my butt. (laughs) I just, I would like to offer anybody who was in the vicinity who got a picture of it, if you could please just send it to me. I will pay cash for the picture of Hillary face down in her own drool. That is I, my, my favorite part of the story that you just told is you're like, I fell asleep. Yeah. Yeah. You fell asleep. Hillary. Why don't you just call it what it is? Okay. I was, I was so that tired. guy at the all inclusive resort who sleeps by the pool. <laughs> and everyone's oh like, my God. his wife must be so angry. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's in big, big trouble. By the way, those people, those public sleepers, and I was, it's hilarious. Are you are using air quotes around sleepers. That's I know sleepers. you are. <laughs> the worst is when people at a resort fall asleep, you know, fall asleep, but then they fall asleep with their mouths open. To me, that is the worst indignity because <laughs> because I was at a resort once and I, I have a hard time sleeping in public, especially on a beach like that when there's people around me. I just get really freaked out. So I finally remember like just dozing off into a perfect sleep. It was one of a, one of the sandals you and I had been to uh-huh. years and years ago and I was falling asleep and uh, my mouth, I remember it. I didn't even remember it fell open, but then I heard a conversation that was happening near me. Some uh, Some Jamaican guy came up and he said, to my friend Deb, he had said, uh, oh, man, is your, is your friend okay? And she said, oh, yeah, yeah, she's just sleeping. And, uh, and then she's laughing with her mouth open. And he said, I know something I could put in her mouth. Oh, I was going to say, you were with a bunch of radio people. How many pictures of there just, are there out there I of can't. us putting things near your mouth? I can't. So now when I even have a mental image of someone sleeping in public, I get triggered by that story. I don't know how. <laughs> <laughs> just the, the old I'm surprised open. you didn't open your eyes and say, why don't you find out? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. 
Oh my god! It was. I just remember thinking I'm sleeping, but I have the good sense now to shut my mouth and roll over to the side because the story is ending. Although Honestly, part of me, yeah, it was the best day of my life this morning. Not so much the best day of my life. <laughs> By the way, I saw your selfies, your poolside selfies yesterday. You looked adorable. Yeah, I didn't look day drunk. <laughs> no, you were you were wearing the cutest little hat. Mm-hmm. And you looked like you're all like, hey, chilling by the pool kind of a picture. But in fact, now I'm going to revisit that picture and take a good hard look at your eyes. <laughs> I think I'm wearing sunnies. Thank okay, God. Thank God. Because I bet you they were out of focus. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, nobody really knows this because I wear sunglasses when I'm outside and drunk or when I'm tired or anything else. But I have a lazy eye that comes out when I'm drunk. <laughs> Which eye? It's the lefty. Lefty's on the loose when I am as well. Hillary, how do you not know that I have a lazy eye? I don't know. You're always wearing these glamorous sunglasses. I I am, but I love that you and I have matching lazy eyes. It's like we couldn't have planned the outfit better. Do you know when people go on Facebook and they're oh, like, I, I want to wear my lazy eye oh, today. My lazy eye. The other day I saw someone was like, look, we're matchy matchy. No one's ever seen a matchy matchy lazy eye picture on Instagram. Let's get famous, Hillary. How do we not have more male fans? <laughs> By the way, can I just say something mm-hmm. about male fans? Because I'm having a problem with my male fans right now. Okay, what's um, going on? Two weeks ago, I think on the podcast, I talked about making my Facebook page private or public. Mm-hmm. And how in return, I wanted you to tell me I was funny and pretty. Mm-hmm. And just like all my posts. I have been... A friending pretty much everyone because it's a public page now. and I'm not thinking twice about it. And every time I like every third man I friend um, sends me hi, beautiful. And I'm like, what is this nonsense? Like it's getting one guy wanted me to send a picture of my feet. <laughs> which is like, that, is, that is not going. Although they look really cute right now. But no. Also, no, I'm not. I don't wave back. I'm not engaging. It's not like I, I'm, I'm saying hi back. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying anything. But was so, he cute? I didn't even look. I just unfriended him. No, we're done here. Don't, don't ask me. This isn't a dating site. I'm trying to get I'm trying to get Insta famous here, people. <laughs> I don't care about your feelings. I don't care that you're single. How dare you? I, I, I'm amazed by how many men are trolling Facebook looking for a woman. And I wonder how many people fall for that. Well, I also think a lot of men are on Facebook trolling for people they can take advantage of. Like beyond, like, oh, sometimes I think if a good looking guy messages me on Instagram or Facebook, it's like, you want to steal my money because you certainly don't want to talk to me. (laughs) I I, have the same opinion. I wonder what it is you truly want. Somebody always wants something from you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I don't necessarily know that the guy wants a picture of my feet. Maybe he, he that's right. just his opening line to get to my bank account. Quite frankly, I'm not in the business of giving people what they want. I'm in the business of taking what I want. <laughs> That's right. You know what? I'm gonna make you sick. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you a self a nudie right now. There, off you go. He'll never come back. <laughs> Share it with your friends. Tell them not to come around these parts. Oh, how was the rest of your week? What have you been up to? Uh, today, actually, on the day that we're recording this podcast, it is my youngest child's fifteenth birthday. So, baby Johnny is not a baby anymore. Uh, but I have to tell you, Hillary, that I get very sentimental on my children's birthdays because I feel like it's my birthday, too, because, you know, I was there. 
Uh, <laughs> and today will mark uh, 15 years since uh, a person came out of me. The since last a head time. emerged from your nether regions. That today was the last time a human head came out of me <laughs> with a body attached to it. It was great. Well, thank goodness, because I would have worried. <laughs> so, yeah, little baby Johnny came out of me today. And I, I swear to God, I woke up like, hmm, and I even dressed special. I put on like these orange earrings and I'm feeling festive. And it's just like, I did see pictures day. of you today and you look fabulous. I, well, it's for my baby Johnny. I don't want him to be embarrassed. I don't want to be the kind of mother he's embarrassed about. At least Too not physically. <laughs> Emotionally, he knows where our and our family. If if you're not, if we're not constantly roasting each other, it, it's, it's a sign of love to insult in our house. And we're, I mean, we joke about it. And I'm always like, kids, you know, I'm kidding, right? And we we kid around all the time. It only makes sense that we would go to see Kevin Hart tonight for his birthday present. But um, I have to tell you, I don't think I've ever told you this: the story of uh, Baby Johnny's labor. My labor and where my water broke. No, do tell. I I've never experienced labor or the breaking of water, so I'm always super interested. Uh, actually, for both of my children, my water broke. Uh, I think I've already told the story of Olson's water breaking. You know, in a kitchen, and my husband was drunk. Yeah, and he couldn't you know, deal with you. He couldn't deal with me. I'll retell that story uh, on Olson's birthday again coming up in August. How's Amazing. that? Amazing for Johnny. Um, the three of us, me, Tim, and my oldest child, had spent one of our last days together as a threesome because the three of us were together for almost two years, just mm-hmm. a family of three. And we said, let's take Olson to this little animal farm near uh in the outskirts of ottawa and uh we had gone into the strawberry patch where we were picking strawberries (laughs) and my water broke no word of a lie right over one of the strawberry plants (laughs) i often joke you should see those strawberries right now they're huge (laughs) talk about a fertilizer but i i i my water broke right over a strawberry plant and then i you know, proceeded to, you know, go to the hospital and the rest, as they say in history. But I feel like I have a pretty good story, don't you? That's amazing. Yeah. So how did they get you out of the patch? Did you waddle your way through? Um, I would like to think it was more delicate than that. But yeah, it was, it was a full water. I was fine. I mean, people, the misconception about labor is that your water breaks and you have five minutes until right. the kid comes out. But the truth is, it was 24 hours later until I actually had the kid. The kid. The kid. The baby. <laughs> baby Johnny. Yeah. So I like I went home. You call the hospital and they're like, oh, you're fine. Come in tomorrow morning. Okay. I'll just relax here. Like anybody can relax when they know they're about to have a baby. Can you imagine? They're like, oh, get a good night's sleep. I'm not going to because tomorrow I know have, I have to push out a human out of me. There will be no sleeping tonight. <laughs> there will never be any sleeping tonight. But anyway, that's the story. They won't be sleeping for months. Who are they kidding? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, tonight, uh, also, we're going to the Kevin Hart uh, concert. Did you know that they have a no phone policy there, by the way? Yeah, because they are posting some of his comedy bits online like or on Netflix. So they have no phones so that none of the material gets out. That's right. But when you go to a Kevin Hart concert, it's scary, militant. It's like they're constantly announcing, do not put your phone out or you will be escorted out. And they come and you're out. Apparently at one of the Western concerts, I think it was Edmonton or Calgary, they got 100 people out of that concert before it even began. That's crazy. It is crazy. I mean, all, I, I get why they do it, but the notion that you could spend an can you even think of spending an entire night without looking at your phone? It's weird, isn't it? Yeah, I, I mean, it is very uncomfortable, though. 
to not have it? Yeah. I agree. But it's it's the right thing to do that you can actually, it's it's for the betterment of everybody because then you get to enjoy a show uh, without checking your phone and you actually give something your full attention. Like when was the last time, Hills, you gave something your complete undivided attention? My lover once a week <laughs> for the <laughs> 20 minutes it lasts. I don't even know that I give my lover that kind of attention. <laughs> I've, I've caught my husband watching The Simpsons before. <laughs> I have. I've seen his eyes dart up on a Sunday night at eight when the Simpsons used to be. I've seen his eyes. So I can't even say that I can. I'm but that's good. Enough. good. I'm OK with the guy being distracted because then it lasts longer. <laughs> uh, I just I don't I, I don't think I even give my full attention in bed, to be honest with you. I usually start th- doing like a grocery list in my head or, you know, other things are in my brain. Other people, maybe whatever. <laughs> you're such a disaster. But do you think you're going to have fun? Like, are you going to be protective if things get out of hand and walk them out halfway through the show? Or are you fine with everything? Um, The content? Yes. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. They've seen Kevin Hart's comedy show before. They know Kevin Hart. I'm, uh, I'm a pretty liberal person to begin with. And uh, I believe that... Um, He's not a hateful comedian. You know what I mean? It's one mm-hmm. thing if he was spewing hate. This is satire. And even though the language is definitely off, I'm still okay with it because I know 100% they've heard worse on the school bus on the way to school. They've so, heard worse from you. They've heard worse from me. <laughs> and I, I, I'm a, a full believer in a comedian's right to do comedy, free speech. I'm a full believer in all of that. You know, I, I have very strong feelings about Kathy Griffin and what happened to her in the last year. And I, I think uh, I support comedians right to uh, go on stage and uh, and do comedy I think that people are too offended so easily because it depends on what the topic is though um why for me it does what is because if it's um I think you can make fun of people in power but I think to make fun of a community or a section of people that uh, are already under so much persecution is wrong well, you see, you, you look at comedy as, uh, you know, you're poking fun at someone and then you're persecuting a group that's already been persecuted. That's not the intention. The attention of comedy intention is to poke fun at the absurd. Sometimes you can find an absurd situation in almost anything. Uh, and of course, your intention isn't to be cruel or unkind. Okay, sometimes it is. Right. If, if it's mean spirited, that's different. I can different. think of a lot of white male comics who are certainly cruel. Well, maybe that's not unfair either. If your intention is to go out on stage and be cruel and unkind, I can't imagine that's even funny to anybody. Well, no, comedy is about that. building tension and then relieving it with a laugh, though. It certainly is, but there it, there's a nuance to it as well, I, I think, anyway. And I think that there's a lot of storytelling involved. And like I say, it's about, for me, I like the absurdity of comedy, just finding uh, the absurdity in the truth sometimes even. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, so, yeah. I can tell you some certainly uh, absurd stories that happened to me this week. Oh, girl, where do we start? Uh, so now that I have kids in my life, I'm now meeting their friends' parents when we have get-togethers. We went to a soccer game uh, for the eldest on Tuesday night. It was the first one I ever went to. And sitting on the sidelines with parents, you've done this, Sandra. Your kids are in ball. Yeah. my uh, Yeah, Johnny is a baseball kid. Yeah. Right. So sitting on the sidelines, saying hello to parents and uh, the eldest best friend's father is sitting with us. They're both playing the game. And I'm like, oh, hey, I'm Hillary. I've seen videos of your children. Oh, no. And it's just like, 
I've seen your child in videos online. It sounds so bad. There are certain things you can't say, and as soon as they come out of your mouth, you're like, what? What? How backpedal, backpedal, backpedal. How was it received? He gave me a weird look, and I was like, uh, the ones that the girls make together. Yeah. I mean, oh, this isn't getting better. Um, the <laughs> The, the iMovies that they make on their iPad, that like it's like an activity for them. They build a storyline and they do the whole movie and then they show us them. Right. And they're usually 18 minutes too long and <laughs> they make you dizzy because they can't hold the camera straight. Uh, so did you build back uh, the trust oh, yeah. with the, the parents after uh, a while or were they like, you're out? Absolutely. They looked at me funny and then I backpedaled. But then I said something else creepy. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> and it, I didn't mean it. Okay, so you know when kids play soccer for the first time when they're super tiny, like they're in Timbit soccer? Yeah. It is the cutest because they're in those little outfits and they're not big enough for the outfits. And I was yeah. like, oh, I used to love watching my niece and nephew when they were kids, like really little, five, and they'd be running down the field and their pants would fall down. <laughs> and he was like, um, second creepy thing you said. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, Parent relationships are quite nuanced, Hillary, and you must watch your words. You, you know, the, uh, he sounds like he was okay, though, in the end. I, oh, yeah, but I just, like, I felt really weird, and you're kind of looking at them like, do you trust me? Do you not? <laughs> I'm a nice person, I swear, although I do get day drunk occasionally. <laughs> Call back. Um, <laughs> but can I... Uh, the whole parent relationship, and you're in, a, you're in an awkward spot because you're the stepmom. Well, maybe one day stepmom. Maybe stepmom. So, but slow you're down. Slow down. So you're like the step girlfriend. Yeah, and they all are friends with my boyfriend's ex. So they're doing the comparison. Oh. Like, wow, he really downgraded. Uh, like. Upgraded. Sorry, <laughs> upgraded. So, wow, that I have to commend you for even putting yourself in that situation because I might be like, I'm out. No, I can't even be put. I don't know if I could handle that kind of scrutiny. You know, but it sounds like they're. It's fine. Uh, yeah, it ended all right, but yeah. there were some touch-and-go moments. I mean, there was just the one restraining order. It was fine. <laughs> Have you ever embarrassed yourself in front of your children's friends, parents, and all that? <sighs> I can't think of one moment, but I think back to the time where my kids used to go to the playground. And I remember I didn't know the rules. Uh, when you have like young kids in a playground and then everybody's playing, you don't know what the rules are anymore. And even like if I had kids today, I probably wouldn't know what the rules are. But remember when you were kids and one kid is acting up, you got yelled at. By right. some, you know, by one other of, parents, Absolutely. other mom. My whole my whole childhood was other parents yelling at me and getting in trouble from other parents who watched right, me. Right, because we're raised by a village. No, that's in theory. Yes, in in theory, of course. But now, if you're at the playground and you even talk to somebody else's kid, you hear about it. You are not allowed to step in at any given time, like at any given time. It's like a confrontation. It's a thing. How many? And I found my back used to get up because everybody used to yell at my kids. <laughs> and I would never say anything to anybody else's kids unless someone was getting hurt. And then you'd say like, OK. And then I, you know, then you have to clear it with the mother. Your son was doing this to my son. I said this and you have to like do the whole thing. You need like, you know, your audit, you're doing a full audit with the parent about what happened. Um, and just, 
I'm so glad I'm not part of that world. And then, you know, you sit, what if you sit down with uh, the soccer parents and then you don't get along and then you have parties together? It's like, it's a, you don't choose any of these people. Life has chosen to put you together for a short amount of time and you have to make it work. But I promise you there's going to be one dickhead in that group you're going to hate. Yeah, and then how do you handle that? Because you may hate that person, but the other parents may like them. And it's like a parent gang. That's right. And you might be the dickhead, Hillary. You don't even know. (laughs) You won't know until it's too late. Now, have you ever gotten into an argument or, like, uh, your kids play sports, or at least Johnny does. Yeah. Do you ever, like, throw down with another parent? Um... I probably did. There there was one big incident that happened about seven or eight years ago. And it was it was so upsettingly ridiculous because you know how things can just escalate for no reason. This thing escalated to a place that it didn't need to escalate. Okay, And I'll tell you the story from my side because it's the only side I know. Um, And it's the right side. Of course, it's the right side. (laughs) Uh, But Johnny was at the playing at the park behind my house and there was a little pukey kid who was older Um, and he was an older kid. He was about, I'm going to say two or three years older than Johnny, but he was a, a small kid. He was Johnny's size, but he was two or three years older. And he was one of those uh, mouthy little kids who goes around being a jerk, almost like a movie villain. Uh, That's how he was described to me by most of the kids. So I feel like I could corroborate that. Uh, He and Johnny had words. And next thing you know, they had an actual um, fight, like a a fist fight. And it wasn't a fist fight. They like rolled around for a little while on the ground. Two girls that were witnessing it rode their bikes to my house, rang on the doorbell and said, Johnny's in a fight at the park right there. My husband was home. He runs to the park. He sees these two boys rolling around. He grabs them, like physically pulls them apart, grabs the kid that's on his son and throws them away, insults him and tells him to go home. So this boy goes home. His parents call the police. Are you still with me? They call the police who it never got. It never uh, was investigated or anything like that. But the next thing you know, we have mutual friends and uh, their mutual friend called me and said, what happened? I said, I I wasn't there, but I was actually out at an event and I'm getting third party reports of everything. And uh, they're telling me, yeah, their parents are going to call the police. And I'm like, why? And they're like, because Tim put his hand on him. He he tore him off his son. So, yeah, so that's where we are, that these parents immediately went instead of saying, "Okay, you two little pukes, talk it out, like break it up and then deal with you later. Yeah. How you do it, like then have a meeting with the parents. Sure. They didn't even they didn't they they overreacted. They went from zero to, you know, 60 immediately called their friend who was a police officer who happens to be my friend, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, it, again, it, there was no cause for anything to happen. Nothing happened. Once the uh, the third party who knew us both got involved, it de-escalated very quickly because someone said, guys, relax, relax. And um, I, I remember Tim saying, how could I have handled that situation better? I said, I don't know that you could have because what I should have done is, you know, rip the kid off my son and said, OK, shake hands, shake hands. It's over. Go home. 
but he didn't do that. And I don't know. So I remember I felt bad about that for a long time because I remember thinking how much I wanted to go over and slap the parents for being dummies. <laughs> Just slap. So them you wanted say, to continue doing? the violence. OK, I wanted to continue the violence. But I was excellent so, example. Seth. I was so offended because they're our age. You know, they grew up in the 70s. We were we were like easy kids. You know, we got it. It was how it's it, we're part of the problem that you would even think to call the police over something so minor. It's like, what are you doing? It's kids. And I got, even they now, can't be charged anyway. I can't even tell. Like now, just talking about it, I, I like my my blood boils a little bit. I'm like, because I, I just think that they're. I just think poorly of them. I think poorly of them as people. Yeah, and I still do. And then years later, not even a year later, I was in the groceries. I don't even remember. I think I met the mother before. And I, she, I, I think, and uh, it was a year later, I was at the grocery store and you know how they sell, the hockey teams sell chocolate bars and they do charity events and they try right, to get right, money yeah. donations. The mother was at the um, table. I didn't even know that was her. So, cause I'm a nice person. I gave like $5 to buy like a ticket from whatever. And then she said, oh, I listen to you every morning. And I said, oh, that's great. Thank you so much. And then only later did someone say, that's the kid's mom. <laughs> And I'm like, I so was I, that her apology? I, I don't, listen to you every morning. I don't know, but I thought to myself, if I knew it was you, I wouldn't have given you five dollars. <laughs> if I knew it was you, I would have given you a stern talking to and told right. you, you people are idiots. Because and, if there's anything Sandra Plagakis can do, it's hold a grudge. <laughs> <laughs> Only for a decade, and then it's fine. <laughs> do you are do you have do you have any grudges? Do I have grudges for people who have wronged me? Uh, I have two. Um, I have are, two grudges, and they're too bad to talk about. Okay, yeah, me too. My Those are minor grudges. I have some really good, solid grudges in my life I'm not willing to talk about either because I don't want to give the people I have grudges against any validity. Yeah, you don't get my time. You don't I'm get just my not, time. Uh, you know what? I'll... I'll forget about it but i won't forgive that's right no i never forget actually either, it's supposed so. to be the other way but yeah no <laughs> absolutely yeah that's funny but yeah with that that particular grudge um i should be able to let it go but it's back to the kid thing uh, for me personally i can intellectualize it and understand why adults behave the way they do towards mm-hmm. me and i'm a grown-up and i'll move on it's fine i'll go on with my merry day but when you wrong my kid you have been black marked by me for life and I, 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 unless you apologize and own your stupidity or, or whatever, uh, I, I honestly, I, I can't get over this. I just, have, I, yeah. Have you ever been on the receiving end of a grudge? Oh, that's a great question. I'm sure like does, I have. Do you think anyone has a grudge against you right now? Wow. Um, I don't think, gosh, um, I don't think so only because... Here's what I think. If um, if you're my friend and you have a problem with me, you shall tell me so. And I will know that you have a grudge. But if you have a grudge against me and you haven't told me, that means we're not friends. I mean, that doesn't mean anything to me. So if you do, I don't care. How's that? <laughs> if you do and you haven't told me, it's it's really not my problem. It's your problem. Right. Right. If you want to settle a grudge with me and bring it to my attention and we can fix it or try to, that's great. But if you want to have a grudge against me and then go to bed every night thinking of me, I'm not mad about it. <laughs> you know what I've said? You know, the, the yeah. opposite of love isn't hate. It's apathy. I'll take the hate, too. <laughs> amazing. Yeah, is uh, it? Amazing. Okay, no, what else? not really. No, I, I don't think it is. I think I should probably get therapy, but whatever. So I got together with an old friend of mine this week. 
we were roommates when I was in university. I haven't seen her in about 12 years. And I always worry with those friendships when you've kind of fallen out of touch with each other that there is some sort of lingering grudge and like some reason you fell out of touch. So when we devised this plan <laughs> I love to the meet way you up. Think, by the way, it's just like, let me just go back through the Rolodex to see if I've wronged <laughs> this person in any way. <laughs> well, because sometimes you do things and you don't even realize it. Or maybe she was like ticked that I didn't clean the bathroom. I don't know. Yeah, okay. And so we make this plan to get together. Her husband's a pro hockey player and he's running a hockey camp in Sarnia. And so I ride out there. It's about an hour drive and we're meeting for coffee. And I'm literally sweating, waiting to see her because, A, she's gorgeous. And I'm like, oh, she's going to look so much better than I do. Oh, hell. Oh. Uh, and I don't know why as women we compare ourselves that way, but we do. That's, and then, is that uh, why you got day drunk the next day? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was therapy. Uh, <laughs> I didn't tell her those stories. And then so we get together and it was amazing. Like no time had passed. We slid right back into talking. It was like when we first met. That is sweet. That's quite nice. It's not very often that you have friendships like that. Like I feel like we have this opportunity, you and I now, to to talk and have this podcast week after week and keep up. But I feel like before this point, we were those types of friends where I wouldn't talk to you for months. Right. And then you slide right back in because they're good people and you actually have great chemistry. Yeah. That's right. You and I would send notes to each other the odd time. And then when this happened, this was a great opportunity too. But either way, I feel like the friendship level would be just as strong. Absolutely. Do you have any friends like that that you don't talk to regularly or it had been a really long time and you just slide back in? Uh, I would say that with my cousins, who I saw recently in Montreal. I, I see them very infrequently, maybe once a year. And we do like a cousin's dinner. And okay. even though they're family and it's different, but they're still like their first and second cousins. Uh, it's uh, it's just a na- it's very natural to just slide into that old cousin relationship. And it's yeah, it's very, very natural. But I know what you mean in terms of old friendships. Um, no, <laughs> those those people are kind of out of my life right now. And if they come back in, it would probably be OK. But uh, I keep a very small group of friends. You know that. I think you know that about me. Very small. Oh, yeah. But have you ever gotten together with someone where you're like, why did I do this? This was awful. Yeah, I am. (laughs) There's a reason why we're not still close sometimes, I say. There's a reason why. And then you'll remember. Uh, Yeah, but I'm different that way because of all my grudges, sometimes I can't keep track. It's just better to (laughs) keep a small group of friends. Keep a small group of friends and then I can keep track better. It's better. It's easier. So, but it, that's so nice that you guys got to see each other. So, did you make a plan to see each other more? Or are you okay with every 12 years? No, I'm hoping she'll be back in August. And then her, her husband actually is thinking about moving out there. Oh, cool. So, so you that might would have be really friend. cool. Like, they, they really like the town. So, then we'd be able to be friends again. It'd be super cool. Do you know, for somebody who's only lived in London for how many years? Three years? Right. You have, like, a pretty great friend base. I do. Like uh, some of those friends, I would say, are more acquaintances. But the problem with my friend base is none of my friends hang out together. Do you ever find that? Like some people have that group of friends and maybe you don't have so much in common with everybody, but you've known them for so long that they're just like family. Like some days I don't like you, but you're like my family. So we'll just keep hanging out. (laughs) Guys are especially uh, prone to those sorts of relationships. Like they keep their high school friends and they're just like their friends forever for no particular reason other than that they've tolerated each other since high school <laughs> oh that's that's tragic because that would never happen to right, me but yeah. it's true yeah guys just have like their hometown buddies yeah. my boyfriend he has been best friends with his friends since they were six 
That's and so cute. And I think cute. like the guys can do this because hormones and bullcrap doesn't get involved. Like we we have grudges. Women get jealous and nitty, yeah. and those friendships kind of fade. Where guys are like, that guy was an a hole, and then they move on. Right. Like it's just the next week, everything's buddy buddy. They talk about sports and they grunt at each <laughs> other, and it's over. Yeah. Tim has a, a a big group of friends that he used to play hockey with from like uh, elementary to high school, and right. they get together once or twice a year for uh, this year. They're on the fifty birthday party. So circuit so they're all going to each other's 50th birthday party but tim will say like tim loves all his friends but there's one that everybody sort of thinks is a is a jerk Mm -hmm. but you know he's always invited and they're like that guy's such a jerk this guy (laughs) you gotta have somebody else to complain about so it it takes some of the onus off anyone else from making a fool of themselves that's right because then you won't be he's the safety jerk you've always got to have one that is like the guy that everybody complains about so they don't complain about you uh that's actually a brilliant strategy. <laughs> and, but I don't have a friend like that. It's like, uh, she's a jerk. If I have a friend who's a jerk, she's not going to be my friend anymore. End of story. Yeah, but they're not your friend. They're like a tertiary friend. Somebody on the outside of the circle that you just invite to the party to be the right. disaster. They're like the pace car. Right. You go, you start everything, you go, everybody's looking at the pace car. And, uh, but when the pace car leaves, then what happens? Then you have to be careful. You have to behave. So, yeah. It's like you never be the most drunk person at a party. No, that's... You can be really drunk, but don't be the most drunk and don't make the most fool of yourself because that'll be the person that everybody remembers. You know, it's funny you should say that. No names, but when you and I at Canadian Music Week... uh, Oh, come on. No, I can't. (laughs) I can't, Hillary. It's not nice. And you know, I'm a nice person. Yeah, right. I, I, we were at the bar. <laughs> we saw each other in Toronto in May for Canadian Music Week. So just picture this. Uh, just a whole bunch of radio people from across the country. We're all getting drunk. We're all catching up with each other. And one guy in the room got the drunkest. Like the, the drunkest. The to the drunkest. point where everyone kept looking at the people that they came with and were like, you should pull them from the game. Like they need they need to go on the DL for a little. <laughs> to the point that people that this guy was working with was getting notes saying, you need to come and get him out of the room right now. That's how bad it was. But uh, and uh okay, it was it was it was a friend of mine. We'll say it wasn't Hillary, <laughs> but it was somebody that I work with. Uh, that's all I'll say. Okay. To protect the guilty here. Okay. No names. But people were sending me notes. You got to you got to get him out of here, Sandra. And I'm just like, well, I made it his boss aware. I'm not his boss and I'm not his keeper. So I made his boss aware. I'm like, blank blank is the drunkest in the room and people are very concerned and he's like, I don't care. And I'm like, well, you don't you're the boss and you don't care, then I don't care. And I realized why the next day is because we were all so drunk. We were just happy to have someone drunker in the room. Absolutely. Yeah, it was terrible. Like it's we threw Threw this guy to the wolves and he couldn't show his face the next day. He sat up. We were in a conference in an arena, you know, in it's like a, how would you describe that? It was just like, a, I want to say stadium. Like a theater. But, like a theater. Thank you. So whereas most of us, you know, sit close to the stage, he was right by the door so he could not be seen. And not talk to anybody. They want. I'm pretty sure he wanted to exit and leave without having to explain his behavior the night before. Correct. And th- that night, uh, you know, I said, hey, do you want to come out with us? Where a bunch of us are going out to dinner. He was going to come out to dinner with us. He didn't even show his face. He told me, like, you know, a couple of days later, they just had room service. I'm like, come on. Here's the thing about when you go out drunk and whatever. The next time, there's going to be somebody else who's drunk. It's fine. You Nobody got hurt. 
You were just Nobody got hurt. You didn't say anything that'll get you fired. Exactly. You didn't do anything to anyone. Just own it and make fun of yourself. Own it and we'll, and of course we'll destroy you too. <laughs> Don't think yeah. you're not going to get destroyed by me. I mean, go me. back to your room after and cry when we bug you about it, but. <laughs> but we, the funny thing about this story is that we've all been that person. So that's why I was like, this isn't a, this isn't a crime that we all haven't committed. It's fine. You can come back from this. We've all come back from this. <laughs> Hi, I, I'm still alive after university. You're fine. Whatever. My name is Hillary Welch and I have been that person. <laughs> My name is Sandra Flagakis, and I was that person like a week ago. So... <laughs> You were that person yesterday, Hillary, please. Yeah, but it was my game, so I didn't have to leave. Uh, have you been pulled from the game? Has anyone ever said, okay, we need to go? Yes. And you know what's hilarious? Because I realized the next day what had happened, and I called the person who saved me from the game, and I said, I'm realizing now how delicately you pulled me from this party. Was it your sober companion? No, it was our mutual friend, Mike, from Sudbury. Oh, really? We were, you and I were in, oh, listen to us. We were in, were we in Jamaica or Bahamas? Okay, I can't so remember. Every year, yeah. we get paid to go to the Caribbean. We certainly couldn't afford to go on our no. own. Yeah, so we go to these beautiful sandals resorts, and I mean, it's it's such a, hi- a, a, a highlight every year because this place is like, it, it, there isn't any place better in the world. There really isn't. It's five-star luxury. It's We don't belong there with our class level, yeah. but yet they keep inviting us back. God love them. So <laughs> I, we, you and I were at the piano bar, and you know, when we arrived that first night, it's a bunch of radio stations, and we're on adrenaline, and we Was drink- that the first the, where the piano player had the conjoined little... <laughs> The piano player had some sort of cyst or something on his face. Oh, oh no. And we came up with some elaborate backstory for what it actually was. I said it was the fetus of his dead brother. <laughs> I did. I'm sorry. And it was still on him. Was that the one? <laughs> no, it was another night. It was it was a year or two later. Okay. It, it was the first night and we were, I w- you know, you're tired. You've been up at three in the morning. You've been flying all day. You, it's like late and you're hot and you're, oh, you know. So we're at the bar. We're all drinking and we're pounding the back trying to get the most out of our day. Uh, and he very gingerly said, okay, well, I'll walk you back to your room. And I remember thinking, but nobody else is leaving. <laughs> Why isn't anybody else leaving? And he did. He was, he grabbed, you know, he held my elbow and he was very lovely. He goes, no, no, we're, we're, we're all going now. Okay. Well, thank you. Oh, you're going to draw, you're going to walk me back to my room. Thank you, Mike. And he did. He came in and Deb was actually sleeping. Your sober she, companion. My yeah. sober she, companion. She slept on the job. What she the hell? Did. She should have been there. Where was she? And and I'm like, Mike, I have all this booze in my room. You want to go on the balcony and have a beer? And he's like, I sure do. So we went on the balcony and Deb is sleeping. Where where I had one sip of beer. I'm like, Mike, I I gotta go to bed. I can't. I can't have talking now. And he's like, Okay, good night. And you know, he left. And the next morning I saw him. I said, well, I said, how, how was your night? He goes, oh, we, we tore that place up till five in the morning. I'm like, but I got in at one. Like, I thought the party was over. He goes, yes, honey, that's right. The party was <laughs> over for you. So I thought what a good friend he was to do that. Because it could have probably ended in my death, right? <laughs> Alcohol poisoning, you know. I love that you now have a tag team sober companion. <laughs> 
Yeah, but he was drinking too, and he had the good presence. Like, he had the presence of mind to not see it through, because if it was me, I would have just let everybody embarrass themselves. I wouldn't, I I guess I'm a bad friend. Like, if it was you, I don't know if I would have said, Hillary, you're done. I would have been like, let's have another shot, girl. You know, I would have kept that party going until we couldn't go no more. But I guess I must have been, I I don't know, must have been a mess. But I can't even, I can't, I'd like to think I was delicate and graceful. <laughs> and I left. But yeah, you I know got escorted I hear out. When you talk about this story, <laughs> I forgot the part about the stretcher. Whatever. <laughs> they brought in a stretcher. Oh, okay. I got. I got nothing else. I feel like that's the story we should just end this on. I can't do better than that. Let's pull ourselves from this game. Yeah, I'm, I'm hooking you, girl. Okay. <laughs> Oh, what a blast. What a blast. I love you. I love you too. We'll talk soon. Okay. And don't forget to follow The Quick and the Dirty on social. Instagram, at Hillary on air, at Sandra Kiss 105.3. Twitter, at Hillary Welch, at Sandra Kiss 105.3. And Facebook, at Quick and Dirty Podcast. If you've got a question for us, you can email us at thequickandthedirty at gmail.com.